Welcome into the Friday edition of the Locked Dummies podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. On today's show, we're going to take a look and dissect the top 50 free agent list that is put out by Daily Faceoff today. We'll see who could potentially be some least targets on that list, and then we'll help tee up Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight where Colorado could close it out and become world champions. All that and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video uh, on YouTube, that's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Please subscribe, uh, like this video, and leave a comment down below as well telling us your thoughts on what we have to say today. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, a couple of things that we're going we're gonna to get into. We are going to take a peek into uh, the Stanley Cup Final Game 5 tonight. A chance for Colorado to come away victorious with the championship and, and hoist Lord Stanley's mug. But before we get into that, Dave, we're going to take a look and dissect the top 50 free agents, the list that was compiled by Daily Faceoff, and we're going to see who could potentially be some Leafs targets out there for free agency, which is coming up, man. We're only a few weeks away. It's, you know, we, we talk about how the, you know, we get to relax a little bit this offseason. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how it works in hockey, man. No. We, Relaxation doesn't happen until like end of July. You got only about a month. Yeah, it's pretty much August. And especially with the pandemic and it still isn't back to regularly scheduled stuff. Like typically July 1's the final day mm-hmm. and then maybe another day or two where there's still news and then it goes pretty dark for July and August. But I mean, you got still got the cup final going on. They got the draft. I believe it's July 8th and 9th. Or that week at the very least. And then the following week is free agency on like July 13th. So it's going to be uh, or July 13th or 15th. Uh, I believe it's July 13th. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a busy July, busier July than usual. But hey, man, it's it's the fun season at the end of the day I, I i love free agency i love trade deadline the draft all that and it's really how teams i mean that's how they build out their their squads that's how the leafs are, are going to get better is if they're able to you know mine the draft but also make some solid free agent signings we saw it last year david camp home run michael bunting home run uh andre kasha great pickup there were some not so great signings with Peter Morazic and Nick Ritchie, which the Nick Ritchie one was eradicated. Hopefully, Morazic can also kind of get dealt with at some point here. But why don't we take a look into this year's top free agent crop? Um, Daily Faceoff was nice enough to put out their top 50 list of guys who are uh, pending UFA. So, not necessarily all of these guys will get to free agency, but as of now, 
they are uh, they are without a contract for next season and are unrestricted free agents. So right up at the tippy top of the list is is Johnny Goudreau. And look, Dave, I don't know how far we have to get down into the li- into this list before we get into the price point where the Maple Leafs are going to be shopping at. But it's definitely not going to be guys up top. They just don't have the cap space for it. It's almost like when you're like looking for a car and you like have your thoughts on the car you think you can afford. And then there's cars you definitely know you cannot afford. <laughs> this is where we find the leaves right now. We're yeah. like, this is like the Maserati Lamborghinis, the the Porsches. Like the leaves are not exactly window shopping for that right now. No, they're looking for Fiat's. <laughs> they're looking, looking for, for Fiat's. Yeah. Or even like a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> That's what the Maple Leaf are bargain bin shopping for. So um, the top five, they've got Johnny Goudreau, Philip Forsberg, Nazem Kadri coming in at number three, uh, John Klingberg at four, and Crystal Tang at five. I'm curious, what do you think Kadri's going to get on the open market, Dave? I think it's going to start in the probably the seven range. Yeah. Like six, seven million a year. I feel really? like he could get upwards of eight, eight million, like a five year deal, eight million per. I, I think that's what he may be looking at. I mean, Matt, he is got eight million. I, I think, like, what did Dano get with uh, the Kings? Five and a half. Okay. And, like, we know that Kadri is a better offensive player than Philippe Dano. So, right. like, you would expect if he got five and a half, Kadri should realistically start at seven. Yeah, I think that's if he gets something with a six in it, that team's getting a discount. A discount. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep moving and shaking down this list. So Evander Kane's at six, Evgeny Malkin at seven, Andrew Kopp coming in at eight. Would Andrew Kopp be a player you think the Maple Leafs could potentially pick up the phone and see if there's any interest in him? Because he's kind of the perfect kind of player that the Leafs could yeah. use. And, I, you know, there would have to be some sort of money going out in this situation. But I think when we look at the top 10 here, he's probably the only player that intrigues me. And that also could be somewhat attainable for the Maple Leafs in free agency. Like during his time in within Winnipeg, he wasn't really asked to be an offensive guy. And then he got moved into a top six role. <clears throat> and you know what? Okay. This guy can actually put up some decent points. I think he had like a, 18 points in 16 games uh, when he was moved into a top six role. And then he had 14 points in 20 playoff games for the Rangers. Yeah. that's a, and, and that's a tough market to play for. So you can see he's already thrived playing in a, you know, in a top market. The playoff production was there. That's the kind of thing the Leafs really do need. So Absolutely. I, I would, I would pay a little bit more to get a guy like Andrew Kopp. He's versatile. And but the problem is he's probably gonna be one of like he's in the top ten here. But with if a lot of these guys go, like if Malkin stays in Pittsburgh, Latang stays in Pittsburgh, uh, there's gonna be a lot of guys that when they stay, a guy like Andrew Kopp will be almost top on a lot of teams' list because they know exactly what he brings, the intangibles he brings, and a lot of teams value will value that. It's just the versatility, like the fact that he can play wing and center. He's a bit of a a, a he's got a, a nose for the net. Um, you know, he plays a bit of a rugged type of game, a two way type of game. 
Like he's he's he'd be a great addition to the Maple Leafs. He really really would. And he's probably going to be looking in the fives, five, five and a half. Like he might get the Phil Deneau level deal out here in free agency, um, which would be a great coup for him. I'm not sure the Leafs would be able to afford that uh, unless they made some serious moving, like did some serious moving around of the cap space. Like a bigger deal would have to occur between now and free agency to free up some space to to bring in a guy like Andrew Kopp. But he is a name that I've seen a lot of Leaf fans kind of pinpoint as as a perfect addition in free agency. And I would, you know, I, I'd say that he would be a great addition. I'm just not so certain that that's that's just a little bit above the price tag. That's not quite Ferrari level, but you know, it's probably still BMW, and we're still working with the Ford Fiestas here. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that Evolving Hockey, who does a lot of player evaluations and what players yeah. could likely get in a contract in their next contract, I think they had him in around the five million dollar range for Andrew Cobb. So that makes sense. That's that's, that's a that might sound like a lot, but that's what top six. He's he's going to be on a team's top six, dude. If if Ilya McCam's looking to get five million bucks. Definitely, Andrew Cop will look to get at least yeah. five million himself. He's a center. Well. Yeah, and he can play down the middle, was which is clearly way more valuable as well. All right, moving on down the list, Andre Birakovsky coming in at number nine. It's a little high for him. I'll be honest. That that seems quite high for Birakovsky. Like I know he's having a good playoff, a good season, but like, I mean, I would, I would, who would you pay more money to, Birakovsky or Nachushkin? Oh, I would pay more money to Nachushkin for sure. Yeah, I'm surprised that he's ranked so highly by uh, by Daily Faceoff here. Um, he did have a great season. I mean, 61 points, sure, and he's he's played well oh, in the playoff. But I don't know, man. I, I I feel like there's just some other players that I would probably put ahead of him. Not someone I'm interested in from a Maple Leafs perspective, though. No. Uh, Ryan, Strom, I I don't think he would be who I would go after. No, Ryan Strom rounds out the top ten. For uh, daily faceoffs, free agents. All right, so that's the top ten. Uh, we'll keep it going with the remaining uh, list when we return. Uh, but before we get any further here, I do want to tell you guys all about uh, today's show sponsor, and that's BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Stanley Cup final and Major League Baseball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. Uh, we are the hosts here at Locked On Leafs, and we're taking a peek through the top 50 free agents from Daily Faceoff. They went out and they uploaded their top 50 free agent list, and we're looking through and seeing what players could potentially be the apple of the eye of Maple Leafs Brass and Kyle Dubas. So far through the top 10, I think Andrew Kopp is the only guy who might be a consideration uh, for the Maple Leafs, who we think they, they could potentially be interested in if the price is right and if they could do some cap maneuvering. But so far, they're still, 
you know, through the top 10, uh, it's just a little bit above the Leafs pay grade. Uh, so let's keep it going uh, through the rest of it. And coming up at number 11, funny enough, Toronto Maple Leafs, Ilya Mikheyev coming in at 11. So again, Mikheyev coming in at 11th, man. I, I, I think he's, David Perron, that's wild. Nachushkin, Perron, Palat, Giroux, Trocek, all of these names that are below McKayev right now, I would sign over. I would take all of them more money. I mean, maybe they're looking into age as a bit of a factor here for for some of these other guys in comparison to McKayev. But uh, yeah, there's there's not a chance that Ilya McKayev should be ranked ahead of Claude Giroux. That's just asinine. But anyway, I digress. Um, anyone in this list from 11 to 16 kind of catch your eye here, Dave, for the Maple Leafs? I've always liked David Perron. I think he's a, he, he's always been a, an underrated player. To me, he's always been productive, mainly in St. Louis, though. So I, I feel like he's bound to just remain in St. Louis for the rest of his career. Um, obviously, Valerie Nuchushkin, for what he's done in the playoffs, his I think he's going to price himself out of the Leafs' range. I think he will be highly sought after. I, I wonder if they say like the, the green arrow would suggest that he moved up, up on their, on a, a, maybe a previous that they've had, yeah. but I still think he's, yeah, he's definitely lower than I would have expected. I thought he would have been maybe top of like the 11 to 20 part, but yeah, I, I would say probably Peron and Chuchkin are even like Palat. I feel like, Maybe like he's got the size I like, but um, like Perron and Nuchuchkin, the winner, yeah, that too. Like, those are guys I would go, I would look at, but they these guys have already made decent money and they could even make more money, so yeah, they could obviously price themselves out of the lease range, like we have we'll likely talk about with a lot of players. Yeah. So we're, we're still just a little bit out of the price range for the Maple Leafs. So let's keep it going and see if we can get, uh, get into that price range at some point. So here rounds out the, the rest of the top 20 Darcy Kemper coming in at 17, the top ranked goaltender by daily Faceoff. Nino Niederreiter, a winger from the Carolina hurricanes hits the market. Mark Andre Fleury hits the market and Josh Manson, from Colorado looking to win himself a Stanley Cup tonight. Um, so here are a couple of names that intrigue me. Actually, all four of these names would intrigue me if the Maple Leafs ran on them. We know that Toronto is going to be looking at the goalie position very hard this summer, especially if they decide to let Jack Campbell walk. And, I mean, Darcy Kemper, he's a, a guy who potentially could be had, and he's somebody who's on the verge of winning a Stanley Cup. So you know you can win a Stanley Cup with him as your goaltender because all Colorado's about to do it, man. <laughs> so yeah. it clearly can happen. Um, and same with Flower. I mean, obviously, that's a dude who's won multiple Stanley Cups, Vesna Trophy winner. I don't know if the age uh, worries you at all with him at 37 years old. Uh, but it didn't seem like his play really dropped all that much this year. I mean, he was playing in front of a terrible Chicago Blackhawks team, but he was putting up half-decent numbers, all things considered, how badly that team was, and then went to Minnesota and played pretty darn well um, after the trade. That's an interesting name for me. If they want to bring in somebody on like a, a one-year deal and maybe he's like, yeah, I want to win one more Stanley Cup. So potentially I sign in Toronto to give me the best chance to do that while also being a starter. And I don't know if there's like too many 
you know, cup contenders that have an open goalie position for a guy like Flurry. So not only can he get a, a chance at a championship, but also be a prominent role in a starting goaltender on a team. So to me, Mark Andre Fleury is a very, very intriguing option for Toronto. Not sure if he wants to come here, but I would be interested. Uh, I would definitely pick up the phone and call his agent and see what he's looking for. I've heard that Minnesota could try to move Cam Talbot in order to make Flurry fit there. Yeah. So they just have no cap space in uh, Minnesota. There, I wonder if Colorado, if they lose out on Cam, would they look at Flurry? They could. That that could be. So the Flurry will be a very interesting name. I think some teams might look at Camper and say he put up decent numbers, um, but is he? better than flurry in terms of production flurry's been pretty good and he's known to be able to carry a team but he i think he's in a situation where you're going to need a second goaltender to be with him to pair with them because i don't think he can handle a full starting role just not by himself at his age and even in vegas they always went and got a second goaltender to play with flurry so but i would still like to have mark andre flurry if he comes in at the right price and, and is interested in coming to toronto What's your price on Josh Manson before we we keep going there? Oh, is he he's he's purely a one-dimensional defenseman. Is there interest for you or no? Like do you not have much interest in Josh Manson? Only if I don't even think he'd have interest in the Leafs personally. Yeah, I, there was that report that he wasn't inter- like he had a no a no move clause or no trade clause with Anaheim this year at the deadline and he said I don't want to go to and I believe I all that yeah I believe Toronto was on that list which is why they didn't try and trade for him but for years uh, Leafs Nation's been trying to get Josh Manson on the team and now all it would cost is money yeah I'm just wondering he's he's likely going to get about probably around five four and a half five I think yeah. yeah, like four and a half. He made four. He's coming off 4.1. He is 30. His, you know, again, age is a thing because his style of play doesn't. He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. So you have to consider that. But I still think a team will look to put, give him about four and a half to five and a half a year for a guy like that. That might, again, also price the Leafs out of it, considering they've got a, they've got a lot of defensemen under contract going in or, under contract or have the rights to going into next season well they could use a top four right shot defenseman a defensive one at that i may add but uh let's move on here uh 21 these is players 21 through 26 on daily faceoffs. top 50 free agent list coming in at 21 is ricard raquel Nick Paul at 22, Jack Campbell at 23, Mason Marchment at 24, Billy Huso, goaltender at 25, and then Ben Sherratt is at 26. Um, there's some interesting names in this list as well, Dave. Uh, who would you say is one, the guy you'd be most interested in bringing into Toronto in this group of players here that we're looking at? If you can't beat them, bring them onto your team. Nick Paul. Let's go. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. Hit, hit the way he's played for Tampa Bay. He has made some, he's going to make a little more than 1.35 than what he's making this year. Oh, 100%. Oh. I mean, if you're Toronto and if you could just swap out, would you swap out Alex Kerfoot's contract for Nick Paul? A thousand percent. Yeah, I think I would too. 
So if you're if you're because he's just as versatile as as yep. Alex Kerfoot can play the wing, can play center, kills penalties. He's got some speed. I mean, he, he's well, not. It, yeah, that's a bonus that Kerfoot doesn't have. He blocks pucks as well. Doesn't mind blocking shots, unlike the Flamingo Alex Kerfoots. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, if, if you need to get that guy money, the type of contract that he's probably going to be looking to get uh, a bit of a payday in free agency, you know, you move on from Alex Kerfoot, and all of a sudden you freed up a little bit of, a little bit of cash for a guy like Nick Paul. It's it's definitely an interesting name for me as well. Another one, Mason Marchment, former Maple Leaf. Next to the Nazem Kadri trade, maybe the second worst trade of Kyle Dubas's tenure as the general manager of the Leafs, trading him away for Dennis Mulligan. Uh, but he had 47 points this year, and he's a big body, and he plays the left side, and I think that he could work out really well uh, with the Maple Leafs. You know, he's a guy who crashes the net. His points per 60 was actually, like, up in the top of the league. It was incredible what he was able to do in, in such an efficient time. And if he could play in this team's middle six area, get himself a contract in the range of, you know, three-ish million dollars. I'm thinking three, four years at three million per. I mean, he really only had one great season, right? Like, not even great. He had 47 points. In, but he only played, what, 56 games? So, but he's, it's, it's, there's not a long resume when it comes to Marchment. He's only been a, a regular in the NHL for like two years now. So I don't know if he'd be able to garner like ridiculous contracts. I think that it would only take like a $3 million deal to bring this guy in, given what he's been so far in his career. And there's a little bit of a gamble about whether or not he can continue to be the player that he was this season in what was a good breakout platform year. My other concern too, with a guy like Mason Marchman is he clearly didn't thrive under Keefe and you wonder is that a Sheldon Keefe thing? If that, I mean, I feel it was an opportunity thing, obviously, because when he got to Florida, he was immediately pushed up the lineup and proved that he could be a productive. Marshman was traded. Marshman was traded before Keefe was in the NHL, so he would have been with Marshman in the Marlies. I'm just wondering. Okay, so I remember him. It was him and uh, and Korshkov. Um, were traded and I remember it was when Mal so I'm trying to remember when it happened. I think it was twenty Bab- I'm pretty sure Babcock was still the, the head coach. February 2020. So I think Babcock was gone by then. Okay, yeah, he would have been gone by then. Okay, so it was right before COVID hit. I remember I think it was before COVID, so I thought it was like the year prior. Yeah. Um yeah, it would have been literally like a couple of months into the Sheldon Keith tenure. Yeah, they he didn't even get much, and he was injured too. So I just wonder if the Leafs the Leafs were literally just looking for a body too. Just not not a really great trade, as you mentioned there. Tough trade. How about now? We we kind of discussed Vili Huso a little bit. Is I'm just wondering, he doesn't have the track record that makes me scream. All right, let's give this guy three four million dollars, like I've heard some people suggest. Yeah, I've the number that's been thrown out is like, oh, he'll probably get a Chris Drieger like deal, which was three million uh, a season. I I might gamble on that. Um, I would need to know what the other goalie you're getting along with Philly Huso was going to be. Yeah. 
right? Like I, I'm not coming in thinking that this guy's going to be your, your starter. who's going to play a 50, 60 games. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I, I might sniff at that if, if he's looking for like a three-year, four-year deal at, at three million bucks a, a year. I might sniff at that as, as a goaltender. I don't think that's that's totally egregious ask for a guy who technically received a third-place Vesna vote this season. No, and I, I, I've i heard some of you say, oh, he could probably get over $5 million because of the goaltending market. I said, a team that gives him $5 million, that's almost like, a, all right, go ahead, do what you have to do. That's I know there's teams desperate for goaltending, but I just hope there aren't teams that desperate for goaltending. Yeah, that would be that would be egregious. I just he he had a a solid year. I mean, uh, nine nineteen save percentage through the regular season, pretty good, pretty good year for him through forty games too. Like he played forty games for uh, for St. Louis this year. He pushed Jordan Bennington out of the net. Um, you know, at one point in this season, Bennington got it back in the playoffs, but he he effectively became the one a for a little while in, in St. Louis and then they're a good club. So mm-hmm. I might be one to roll the dice there. All right, moving on to the next batch of players, finishing up the top 30 here. Um, Brett Kulak defenseman uh, who was traded to Edmonton at the deadline. He's a pretty good player actually for them throughout the playoffs. He comes in at 27 Frank for at 28, Evan Rodriguez, former Maple Leaf semi kind of for a couple of days evan rodriguez comes in at 29th and then paul stastny coming in uh to round out the top 30 any of those names interest you dave this is now we're now we're getting into you know this is where we're getting into the area that the Leafs will be able to shop in like they'll be able to afford these guys these are the types of players that toronto's going to have to kind of go and grab from the bargain bin that these are the guys who have the most potential, I would say to become Maple Leafs next season, the guys that we're talking about here and probably throughout the remainder of the list. Yeah. There's not one really here that stands out to me. Um, like Rodriguez had a decent year in Pittsburgh, but so Leafs- I got one, I got one of this list here that it may even surprise you for how on board I am for this. My like maybe number one target for uh, for, for Toronto this uh, this free agency. How would you like a Paul Stastny to Toronto? Let me sell you on it. Let me sell you on it. I heard Paul Stastny, or I read in an article that he wrote for the um, or he didn't write it. Pierre LeBrun wrote an article in the Athletic where he spoke with Paul Stastny, and he said at this point I'm looking to win, so he's looking to go to a contender. Toronto checks that box and he's currently what 36 years old. He doesn't have much time to go. I'm assuming if he's looking to go to a contender, good chance he's willing to just take a pick at the guys made a boatload of money over the course of his career. I'm thinking he's ready to, to kind of end up being that Jason Spezza like player where you're just trying to sign on for league men to, to chase that ring. And the better part about Paul Stasny as opposed to Jason Spets is I think this guy still has some game left. Whereas Spets last year didn't have much. He couldn't really only give you fourth line minutes. I think Paul Stasny can really fit in your middle six, whether it's down the middle. He can also plays the wing left wing. I mean, Stasny Tavares Nylander doesn't sound like a terrible second line for me. He had 20 goals this year with Winnipeg. Um, 
you know, a 45 point season. I, I, I just personally think that Paul Stasny would be a nice addition, a, a veteran addition. And I don't think it would cost a whole lot to make it happen. And the versatility and the skill level and the, he's just a great person, locker room type of player. I really like Paul Stasny as as a, a, a kind of a, a gray beard ad for the Maple Leafs this this free agency. I I'd only do it for the reasons you specified in that if he goes for comes for a decent contract. Like if he's looking, yeah. Like I'm not paying the guy more than two million dollars. That's what I was gonna say. If it's over two million dollars, sorry, gonna have to go to another dealership. Yeah, probably, probably, and. I don't know what he if he's willing to take that big of a cut. I don't know, but if he is, I'd be interested. All right, uh, thirty through thirty-six. Brayden Holpe coming in at thirty-one. Nikita Zadorov, defenseman, at thirty-two. Eric Goodbranson at thirty-three. Nick Delorier at thirty-four. Nick Letty coming in at thirty-five, and then Callie Yarncroke coming in at thirty-six. Um, Nick Delorier is interesting. Uh, I mean, this is if you're looking to to get beefier and 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 tougher. I mean, Nick Deloria is your guy. That dude throws bombs. He is nails. This guy, um, and Minnesota knew that. That's why they traded for him at the deadline. Uh, Nick Deloria, depending on the price, obviously, but there'd be some interest on my end there. As as uh, if you want to get more gritty and on your fourth line, have a little bit more toughness, but. Uh, I, that's an interesting name for me would be Nick Delorier in this crop of players. Yeah, I I would say so because he's he's a guy that Anaheim didn't want to trade because they wanted him with the younger guys to kind yeah. of keep the keep the uh flies off of the younger guys. But I, I think yeah, if he comes cheap, I'd rather have him over like a Kyle Clifford. Because I know Nick oh, Delorier yeah. can play in the yeah. NHL. Yeah. Now Delorier will cost a lot more money than Kyle Clifford. Yes, I think like Clifford's making like league, league minimum, basically. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Delorie, I don't know what he's going to garner, to be honest with you, but probably in the neighborhood of one half to two million, like a Ryan Reeves type of contract. I think he makes one point eight seven five. That that might be uh, the number that you'd be looking at to to bring in Delorie. But we'll see. We'll see if the Leafs decide to go that route. If they do feel they need to get stronger. Um, or if they decide that speed and skill can win it, because that's what Colorado's been able to do, and they've fared pretty well against Tampa Bay. All right, before we continue, Dave, let's take one more quick break uh, in the podcast, and then when we get back, we'll finish out the final few picks here, um, or the final few players here in the uh, Daily Faceoff Top 50 Free Agents list, and we will do all that when we return here on the Locked On Lease Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked on Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your hosts here at Locked on Leafs. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, and we're taking a look at the top 50 free agent list provided by Daily Faceoff. So we've already gone through the first 36 names on that list, and we're just kind of talking through to see how many guys could potentially have interest for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we've Look through a number of players. We've discussed them, and there's a couple of guys who we are 
quite interested in. And uh, let's continue our look through this list. And coming in at 37 is a former Maple Leaf. It's Ilya Labushkin, a right shot defenseman who was brought in from the Arizona Coyotes. Would you want to bring back Labushkin? We haven't really talked about that in a little while on this pod. But currently a, a UFA, I haven't heard anything, anything about any type of negotiations that are going on between his camp and Toronto. But, you know, he's a guy who I thought came in and played pretty well through the regular season, struggled a little bit in the playoffs. But, I mean, he brought jam, brought that sandpaper, and ended up being a, a top pair partner for Morgan Riley. Would you entertain bringing him back? What's the number that you would like to have him back at? If they can move out Justin Hall's contract and basically swap him with Lubushkin at, let's say, like a $1.5 million. I think Hall makes two. Yeah, so Hall makes two. If you give Lubushkin, let's say, one and a half, he's making 1.35 right now. He's not exactly the guy that's going to go out and get three to $4 million. If he does, good on him. I just don't think he is that player. I mean, um, he did play... It, it didn't help Cody, that he played with Morgan Riley in the top. Cody, I'll say, Cody CC got paid three and a half million last year in free agency. Let's not forget that. Tucker I, Pullman got paid two and a half million last year by Vancouver. Okay, so he's definitely getting over two million dollars. Um, I, 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 I would say two, two, and two and a half. Yeah, two two and a half is probably the number I think Labushkin is is looking to get. Maybe pushes three, but. Three between two and three million, I would think. Be nice to have that continuity too, like not to always have to get, find you. He's he's used to the, you know, he can at least play in the top four. Um, obviously, we'd like to see him lower in the lineup just because of it suit him better. Um, but yeah, I would consider bringing back Labushkin if the numbers made sense. Uh, Matisse Yammar comes in at thirty-eight. Colin Blackwell, Maple Leaf, coming in at thirty-nine. And then Tyler Mott coming in at 40. I love Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott would be, this is maybe like my number one free agent ad. Like this is the guy who I put all my eggs in the basket. Like a realistic guy. Obviously, if you could go out. Well, yeah, no. But like, I think he has the potential to be just a big pickup for for the Maple Leafs. I really do. Like, I, I think that he could. Um, come in and, and he's a guy who's versatile, can play the wing, can play center down the middle. He can play, you know, in, in your bottom six, obviously, but he's a smaller guy, but he also has a lot of speed and he's got grit. So he's not an overly big dude, but he likes to go around and hit people, literally anybody in his way. He will go and he'll hit smush you against the glass. The dude eats pucks for breakfast, loves to, 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 <laughs> to uh to block shots and he's a great penalty killer and i just think ultimately like that's the type of player that shelton Keefe would love and that this this city would love ultimately and he goes to the net which is also what i love and that's what i think this team needs more of is due to just go to the net go to the net you see how most of these goals are scored in these playoffs it's by going to the freaking net it really really is 80 percent of the goals are scored from the inner slot that's where you got to go. Um, and Tyler Mott, though, you know, like I said, a little undersized, not afraid to go to the dirty areas. So that's what I love about him. I don't think he'd be overly expensive. Um, this would be somebody who I'd be targeting heavily if I were Kyle Dubas as Tyler Mott. I also think the least need to get guys who play with a little bit of like a bit of a 
higher pace of play. We're seeing how Tampa's struggling against Colorado's yeah. speed. And you brought up Teller. That's the thing that Teller Mott's very known for. So, yeah, I think the Leafs need to start looking for guys like this. They can have big bodies, but they got to get guys that have a little more oomph, a little more pace to their play. They're yeah. going to need it. All right, let's move on. We're at the end. You're, you're okay with letting Blackwell walk, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Like if he wants to come back on league men, go right ahead. But no, I think you the Giordano was the guy you got in that deal. That was why you made the deal. Blackwell yeah. was an, a kind of a filler player. I think we're gonna see a little bit of turnover too in the in the you know, especially on the fourth line at the very least. So, you know, the less guys you have returning, I suppose, the the more um chances you have to to get a different look. I know that they're gonna look to bring some guys from the Marlies and see if they can fill in some roles, but also, you know, take a look at some of these lower tier free agents and, and have them come and compete as well. All right. 41 on the list of daily faceoffs top 50 free agents is Andreas Athanasiu, 42, Justin Schultz, 43, Michael Roffle, 44, Nick Cousins, 45, Robert Hag, 46, Phil the Thrill Kessel, at 46? What? Why is he so low, Dave? Why did well, he only come in at... That is exactly why he had eight goals. Some people might points. I know. I, I think... I, I just think Phil will always have that reputation. He just didn't look like Phil Castle last year. Not the one that we thought. He has not looked like the player we thought he... Ever since he moved to his own, I do think that was... An issue. I didn't think that was a good fit for him. Oh, I don't think that was yeah. a good fit for Arizona. So he's he's a guy that I think will a team could take a little bit of a gamble on uh, if he's put in the right situation. I think he could thrive, but definitely not in Arizona, and <laughs> not in Toronto. No, because I don't think he's the. I don't think that's the player the Leafs need. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree. I agree. Um, anyone else on this, on this list, uh, 41 through 46 that interests you? I don't think like not, no one really jumps at me. There's not really one that said, ah, the Leafs got to have this guy. I don't know. Yeah. It's not really me there. Let's look at the right. final right. few names on this list. 47, Johan Larson, 48, Ian Cole, 49, Chris Lazar, and the 50th player on daily faceoffs, top 50 for agent list. Is Chase Presky, uh, defenseman from Florida. He was a college UFA a few years back. I remember there was a Presky sweepstakes going on. Carolina won it, then they moved him to Florida, and now he's the 50th ranked free agent on uh, on on the daily faceoff list. And I don't know any of those guys interesting. I mean, Chase Presky is an interesting name. He's one of those guys where it's like a low risk, low reward. Maybe it's a, a Marley's guy you bring him in as like your seven and potentially you work with him and he could like he's only 26 he's still rather young i guess like he's got a couple more years before like you start to worry about him he could still turn into like a third pair type of guy so that's kind of interesting and right shot d you can never have enough of them in your organization curtis lazar too that's somebody who i think has played some pretty good hockey the last few seasons um and he's somebody who's like a perfect fourth line center 
like Lazard, either center wing, whichever you want to, whichever you want to play him, but you know, plays a sound two way game. And I don't think he's going to cost you a whole heck of a lot. He played for what? $800,000 last year. I think you could do some similar, you know, a similar contract this season. I don't see him making more than a million bucks. So Curtis Lazard is an interesting name for me as well for a nice little depth piece to add some competition to, uh, to the Leafs, what I believe to be a new look fourth line. I also think the Leafs have had a lot of success at finding guys who kind of just been searching for a role and are just looking for a bounce back year. I think Curtis Lazard, he's bounced back ever since he kind of leapt onto the scene in the NHL with Ottawa and he hasn't really caught on much elsewhere, but I think he ate that hamburger and it ended his whole career. So how it went he downward go? after he ate the hamburger. It all went downward. I'm telling you, go, go look at it. Go look at his game logs. You'll notice a steep drop off right after he picked up that hamburger off the ice and uh, chomped on it. A little lesson for you kids: don't take hamburgers that are thrown onto the ice. Yeah, it's probably a good lesson. Good lesson. But yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate if the Leafs signed Chris Lazar. I would be like, okay, that's an interesting move. I just think. You got to find guys that can be that have shown to be productive lower in the lineup. And yeah, I mean, he's not a guy that I have to put top on my list, but I take a flyer. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few guys out there that uh, the Maple Leafs, I think, will be interested in and they'll make some signings. I don't expect them to do anything flashy. Like, we're not getting Phil Forsberg. Unfortunately, John Klingberg's not making his way to Toronto. It's just not going to happen. They got to go and look at the Fiats and the Fiestas. I mean, maybe, maybe they do some, you know, rearranging of some deck chairs and some money goes out somehow with a couple of deals and they open up some cap space to make a bit of a bigger move. But as it sits right now, just seven million in cap space. It's still got a couple of RFAs that they got to sign. There's not a whole lot of space to make a splash and. They'll be looking at uh, some bargain bin hunting once again, I believe, this upcoming free agency. And, well, that's a a sample of the list of guys who are going to be out there for the Maple Leafs. Let us know in the comment section down below which player or players that you think the Maple Leafs should go after and sign and, and, uh, you know, maybe even toss out what you think they're worth just so that we can have that conversation as well later on. Um, maybe next week we'll take a look at some of what you guys believe and have some more discussions. But, Dave, that's going to do it for us here today, buddy. Fun show, fun show. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. Go ahead, leave a like on this video. That'd be greatly appreciated. Share it, comment down below, and uh, make sure you, once again, are subscribed as well. Um, and also if you are listening to this via iTunes, we really, really appreciate it if you guys could leave us a five-star rating and a review, that would be much, much appreciated. All right. That does it for us today. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Hopefully Nazem Kadri's hoisting a Stanley cup tonight with that broken finger. I'm hoping it's happening, pal. Actually, before we go, we do got to make a prediction. You think it happens? Do you think tonight it's done in five. I mean, you, you kind of got to stick to your guns at this point, Dave. You, gotta, you called I it. Have. You called it last week. You still think it happens? I do. I still think it happens, and I think 
the Colorado Avalanche fans will be singing more than just all say it ain't so and all the small things. Yeah, I uh, they sing say it ain't so as well. I've heard it. I've heard it at one point. Okay, all the small Not things, playoffs, but all the small things. That's Cabo Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady. That's right, Tom Brady, Cabo Canadian Tom Brady. Yeah, same guy, same guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's gonna happen too, man. I think it's going to happen too. I think there's just – it's tough to go into that building and, and play. They skunked them last time they were at Ball Arena. What was it, 7 nothing? That's going to be a toughie for them to have to go back into that environment. So I do think that uh, that Colorado closes it out tonight, and it'll be all over, and we can sit here and be happy for Nazem Kadri. Not upset, not bitter, but I'll be happy for Naz. I'll be happy for – you know, Nachushkin has been a nice little story. A bunch of players um, will be in. If it ends tonight, are we both in agreement? Kill McCarr should probably get the Gonsmythe. Yeah, okay. Glad we're on the same page uh, for all of that. Well, enjoy the game tonight, folks. I know that we will. I will be back with another episode on Monday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.